0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of the program, delighted to have you with me. I Can we talk about General Motors for just a moment? This is relevant to a larger story, but Philip sent me this story. General Motors owned Cadillac unveiled its first full size all electric SUV, the 2025 Escalade IQ. General Motors pledged in 2021 to make the vast majority of its vehicles it produces electric by 2035 and the entire company carbon neutral including operations five years after that. Its Cadillac division, which designs and builds luxury vehicles, is looking to become fully electric even sooner by 2030. The Escalade IQ, which has a starting price of $130,000, is being called the latest step in Cadillac's all-electric future. Cadillac is one of several companies pushing for electrification, despite concerns that the EV charging infrastructure isn't robust enough to fully support a maturing electric vehicle market. Still, GM and others are pursuing this. But get this, the Escalade IQ unveiling follows Cadillac's debut of the 2023 Cadillac Lyric, a fully electric mid-size luxury crossover that starts at about $60,000 and the Celestique Cadillac's individually handcrafted all-electric sedan, which will start north of $300,000. The Escalade is the first SUV built on GM's Ultimum electric vehicle platform. It can go 450 miles, allegedly, on one charge. It can charge to 100 miles of range within just 10 minutes and has vehicle-to-home bi-directional charging technology. Um, I've also seen the interior design, and it is uglier than sin. I mean, I don't know what they're thinking. I suspect we're going to have another bailout of General Motors before this is all over. This is just bizarre. It, it's it's not bad looking from the outside. I mean, the inside of it, however, looks like somebody threw up. But this is this, this push for electric vehicles that the Biden administration wants and car companies are, are subsidizing. But there's a problem here. There is a problem. This is from Axios, a liberal publication, no less. Early adopters fueled the initial spike in electric vehicle sales, but the next wave of consumers, the more price-sensitive early majority, is proving to be more elusive. Mainstream shoppers aren't willing to pay a premium over conventional gas-powered vehicles, in part because they're still apprehensive about charging an electric car and they think better EVs are coming. That's uh, well to some degree. No automaker now, automakers are doing an about face on electrics, but many are acknowledging they need to be flexible as they navigate the EV transition. Now, I, I just want to give you a, an idea here. Um, the 2023 Escalade, the base price is $80,795. $80,795. If you get the Escalade uh, V, the most powerful full size, maybe it's supposed to be the Escalade 5. I don't know, but they use a V, so I'm gonna go with V. If you go with that one, it's a, considered a luxury vehicle. So you go $80,795. The premium luxury is $88,595, the sport is $91,595. The premium luxury platinum is 106, the sport platinum is 106, and the V series is 149,695. It comes with a uh, supercharged V8, it comes with equal length exhaust with active exhaust valves, the V driving mode which I guess is the 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 auto driving mode or some such magnetic ride control, air ride adaptive suspension. Unique front and rear fascias, exclusive 22-inch wheel design, back quad exhaust. How many people are going to buy the $150,000 Escalade? I don't know. But your $150,000 V8 Escalade that you can fill up and drive a great good distance uh, is going to be matched now by the $130,000 IQ, and that's the base model. Who's going to get the base model? I don't know. I mean, God bless you if you want them. Listen, I've got a, I got a Yukon Denali. I got a GMC Yukon Denali. It is the same vehicle as the Escalade, uh, but it doesn't look like a gaudy 15th century French person vomited on it. Uh, I, I don't understand the styling for Cadillac. It just, it's so gaudy, it's pretentious. I, I mean, you know, like, like uh, there are a lot of vehicles out there that are higher end vehicles, and they just don't look pretentious. They look like well-crafted vehicles. Someone at GM decided the Cadillac needs to look like the, the most pretentious person on earth designed it. I like my Denali, and my Denali was was pricey, but I got it when the interest rates were like uh, five-tenths of 1%. I actually wound up paying less per month on it than my old car. Now, this is, this is not about GM, though. It's about these electric vehicles. So the early adopters, the, the nerds who wanted an electric vehicle, who are convinced that everyone should have an electric vehicle, they all went and bought. And I've got to tell you, can, can I just say something about the electric vehicle, people? I don't care about your electric vehicle, but you seem to care very greatly about your electric vehicle and that everyone else should make your same decision, as if everyone looks at the same criteria and everyone say, oh, my gosh i should have an electric car what was i thinking this is the reaction so many electric vehicle people have I, I, I got a got a guy i know who in talking about this was like well i bought an electric and it saves me so much money on my commute every day your commute is 40 minutes both ways combined, like 20 minutes to the office and 20 minutes home. Some people have a much longer commute, and some people have this thing called school and kids at home, and they need a big car, and they don't have the money to buy the big uh, Cadillac electric SUV. The level of nanny statism from people, it, it's like, you know, you, you the old joke was that a CrossFitter, an atheist, and a vegan walked into a bar. We only know because they made sure to tell everyone. The new joke is a CrossFitter, an atheist, a vegan, and an electric vehicle owner walked into a bar, and the only reason we know is because they made sure everyone knew and questioned your decisions in life if you didn't want to join them. If you want an electric vehicle, go for it. But your dismissiveness of the concerns of everyone else, family road trips, among other things. It's impressive that GM says that the Cadillac um, EV, its uh, full-size SUV, is going to be able to go 450 miles. That's what mine gets on a tank of gas. That's impressive. And it'll be able, after 10 minutes of charging, To go another 100 miles. The problem is, mine, after less than five minutes of filling it up with gas, can go another 100 or 450 miles. The one car company that bet right was Toyota. Toyota said, The future is hybrids, not all electrics. And I'm intrigued by the Toyota hybrids. I got a buddy of mine who's got a Prius. Now, I I don't want a Prius. I want another Denali. Or if I went to to Toyota, they stopped making the nice Land Cruiser. They're bringing back the classic one. But they've got the, the, what is it, the Sequoia. It's their big SUV. That's what I would probably get. My family needs a big SUV because I have a family of not light packers, shall we say. Toyota is making um, this hybrid that can go a 1,000 miles on a tank of gas. Uh, This friend of mine, he's got this Toyota, and and when he's in the city, so it's an an electric and gas-powered engine, and he can use the electric riding around town, and for longer trips it goes into gas mode. And so he's hardly ever using the gas. He keeps it plugged up. So it's mostly always driving on the battery when he's doing, like, in-city commutes. But when he's actually driving from his house, if he's got to go to Atlanta or somewhere or make a road trip, the thing runs on gas, and it goes a very long way. It sips gas. It's an intriguing idea. I'm I'm intrigued by it. It's a little more expensive than your standard car, but I'm intrigued by the fact that how little gas the thing actually uses, even though it's gas. You can take a family road trip in this car and not have to keep stopping for gas or keep stopping to charge because it uses both and it does so well. And Toyota has been condemned by environmentalists for going in this direction. Environmentalists want them to use all batteries, but now I must transition to a completely separate story from the other day how the Chinese Communist Party and left-wing philanthropists have been advancing the Communist Party agenda, including among environmental groups. You know, if we listen to the environmental groups who demand an all-electric future, if we listen to the environmental groups who are going after a Japanese car company called Toyota, For insisting that hybrids are the solution instead of all electric vehicles, you might start to wonder is China behind these groups push to condemn the chairman of Toyota and to condemn the hybrid future? Because if we go all electric vehicle, we're dependent on China for the rare earth minerals. If we go all electric, the Chinese are the only ones who win the game. In fact, in this country, there's a big lithium mine in Maine that environmentalists are trying to shut down. They don't want us to get our own lithium out. They want us to be dependent on China. It does seem to me that this massive push for all electric vehicles is pushed by the Chinese Communist Party through environmentalist groups because the only people who win if we go all electric are the Chinese. Ford Motor CEO James Farley has been the most candid about what's happening in the market. During the company's July 27th second quarter earnings call, Farley backed off earlier sales targets for fully electric vehicles and said Ford would quadruple its hybrid offerings. We have the flexibility to offer customers a choice of internal combustion engines, hybrids, and full electrics for years to come. Ford's delaying its goal of scaling production to 600,000 EVs annually from the end of the year in 2024. He's hedged on previous targets of producing 2 million EVs a year by 2026. We maintain flexibility. His cautious tone came even as he plans to triple production of the electric F-150 Lightning. Between the lines, Farley suggested gas vehicles will remain a source of growth for some time. Demand for gasoline and hybrid vehicles will be durable with the window of growth. He's echoing Toyota. I think GM is going to be the one that makes the bad mistakes. GM is also the car company that's decided to get rid of Apple and Android Play, Apple CarPlay and Android Play from its its cars making you dependent on their own platform. And trust me, I have a GM, and I've always had GMs, Chevys and GMs, and I do like them. Uh, I did have a Toyota 4Runner, and I miss it greatly, but the internal GM technology sucks. I mean, it's really not good. It sucks. It's not pretty to look at. It's not easy to use. It's not intuitive. Apple does so much better with CarPlay, GM just, and, and, you know, GM CEO is now some woke outsider is not really from the auto industry, which doesn't surprise me at all. Given these things, uh, I got to tell you that, um, this all electric future and this push by automakers and environmentalists for all electric sounds more and more to me like a Chinese communist movement being funded through environmentalist groups pressuring these Fortune 500 companies. And we should probably say, now, this isn't really conspiracy because even the New York Times is reporting the growing body of evidence this is going on. And you got to wonder why so many car companies are embracing a plan that does nothing but empower China. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well... You may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want... US based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They could cost 80 grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, BAM, B-E-E.com, Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Yes, you can call in and be a part of the show, 877-973-7425. Let's go to the phones. Joel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great show. Listen. Thank you.
1: Today uh, would be the uh, 149th birthday of Herbert Hoover, if he was still alive. He was our 31st president, and he served from 1929 to 1933. Now, he was not responsible for the Great Depression, but he boarded his legacy. Now, if Joe right. Biden wants to go around about Bidenomics, let's link it to a new term. We call it Bidenville, where he, his, his economic programs buy some new syringes and pop-up tents and all this kind of stuff and link it directly to him and let all the Republican Party uh, nominees or or wannabes use that term.
0: That's a good idea. You know, it really is a good idea. Uh, San Francisco has become a Bidenville. Um, Washington, D.C., by the way, uh, listen, Joel, I appreciate that. you got to listen to this audio. Uh, This is a D.C. councilman. Um, This is where I find out if Charlie bleeped the words or I lose my job. (laughs)
1: I have spoken with the D.C. National Guard. And while I have to have more conversations with the chief police which I have today and the mayor and my colleagues, we have a long way to get there. We just know that police alone is not getting it done. And we are clearly in a war zone. zone.
0: Now, I'm going to stop it there before he goes on and descends. But he says we're tired of this um, stuff, shall we say. Uh, and he wants the National Guard called in. He wants the National Guard called in. He says they're in a war zone in Washington, D.C. They've had over 150 killings this year, gun deaths this year in Washington, D.C. It's a record high. Uh, the violence is not abating. It continues. There are homeless camps all over the city and they're not the, the, the government isn't doing anything about it. They're tired of it. And they're actually blaming the Biden administration because the Biden administration has the U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia, who is not prosecuting violent crimes in the city, letting a lot of people out of jail. D.C. is a federal district. They have a U.S. attorney there, and the U.S. attorney is not doing anything. Uh, at the re- and, and by the way, that person's a Biden appointee. You know, speaking of Bidenville's, Americans for Prosperity is going around the country talking about Bidenomics and why it's bad for us. And it is a it, it entirely holistic issue. And I hate to use that word, but it really is. I mean, it covers social, cultural, economic issues. Uh, they're all tied together. This progressive rot that's taken place across the country. Americans for Prosperity is educating people across the country now on their road trip on why things are so bad and what you can do to fight and how they want you on their team to fight back. And all you have have to do to learn more and be a part of the team is go to americansforprosperity.org slash eric americansforprosperity.org slash erick if you go to afp you sign up you become an activist for them they teach you how to talk to your neighbors how to talk to your legislators, your city councilmen about how to fix the current state of things in this country and to support free markets and free people. But get involved with them as they go around the country and explain why binomics is bad. Sign up now at americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K, americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com. The Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. BCS-Kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. All right. Uh, Guy, you're up next. Welcome to the show. Is Gee? Hello? Hi. How are you?
2: I'm fine. Thank you. Sorry. Nope. That's okay. (laughs) Thank you for taking my call.
0: Sure. What's going on?
2: Um, I was wondering if you thought that some of our politicians and some of our business leaders were perhaps a bit envious of the Chinese political model where the elites can dictate um, to the proletariat how they are supposed to think and how they are supposed to behave.
0: Oh, look, absolutely. In fact, some of them are very open about um, their belief. You know, Elon Musk has been, um, has praised China. Tom Friedman, who writes in the New York Times, is obsessed with the efficiencies. And I use air quotes on that about China. Um, it, uh, it, it's just remarkable to me uh, how open so many of our elite uh, business leaders are enamored with China, how China can snap its finger and get people to to do things. The the business leaders of America consider it uh, to be efficient as opposed to communist control. I also think a lot of politicians in this country look at the things that the Chinese government can do and they wish they had the power to do that here. Uh, They want those sorts of powers. I mean, look at other countries like Australia, for example. China began locking people in their homes in COVID, and Australia did as well. After China did it, Australia did it. Australia, in in several neighborhoods uh, in Queensland, they forced people into their homes, surrounded their homes with barbed wire, and would not allow them out of apartment. It, It was apartment complexes, not homes. Uh, and now the Australian uh, judicial system is awarding residents who were impacted two thousand Australian dollars per household for what the Australian government did. In China, they did it, and they literally welded people into their apartments. And unlike Australia, the Chinese don't have to pay you back because whatever the Communist Party wants, the Communist Party gets. And so many governments around the world, including this one, saw the way China could control its population and force them to do things, and they were just in awe of it. They all want the power. Our Fortune 500 leaders, Tim Cook at Apple uh, and others, have just been enamored with the, the way China gets stuff done. But the way China gets stuff done is authoritarian, communist. And yet our business leaders in this country just seem absolutely uh, enthralled by the supposed efficiencies in China. I'll tell you a dirty little secret. Uh, So much of what China does is they copy us and they steal from us. And they can then do it uh, better, quicker, but the long-term results are often not as good. So, for example, I've mentioned this before, the Chinese built a massive new aircraft carrier. And that that aircraft carrier... Sorry, sneeze fit. Thank God for the mute button on the new new system. Um, the aircraft carrier is breaking apart, like literally breaking apart. Its first week it, offshore, it caught on fire. Uh, a year later, they've repaired that, and now it's breaking apart. Uh, the Chinese high-speed rail system to Tibet, it literally fell over. the The rail line, elevated rail line, fell over. Um, they've had problems with dams and other infrastructure. Uh, and now, you know, they're stealing our uh, blueprints for advanced jet fighters, and they're making them quicker, but they're they're just filled with technical problems. I honestly wonder if we would be smart to put in plans for weapon systems that are actually subtly sabotaged, uh, given how quickly the Chinese are able to hack our systems and steal our weaponry. You know, this is one of the untold stories of the Cold War. As, as I recall the story... The um, the British and the Americans collaborated with the Pope John Paul II the, in the Vatican to supposedly funnel blueprints for a new uh, power nuclear power reactor system. And uh, they knew the Soviets would steal it because there was a source somewhere. The Soviets stole it, built it, and it exploded. They spent a whole lot of uh, economic resources building this power facility. It collapsed on them, and it, it actually turned the tide economically in the Soviet Union In in the early 1980s, and I recall distinctly having heard that story, I'm surprised it's never been turned into a movie. I don't think it's apocryphal. I think it actually happened. Uh, It it was a a level of subterfuge uh, where Margaret Thatcher, Ronald Reagan, and John Paul II collaboratively worked together to uh, knowing the Soviets had sources who could steal the information. Uh, expected them to steal it and wound up sending them sabotage plans I just I it sounds like a brilliant story to me I believe it's true I don't know for sure but it just seems like we should be doing stuff like that with China uh back to the phones. Nancy you're gonna be up next welcome uh, Na-
2: hi
0: this there is Nancy
2: yes Nancy welcome um thank you I wanted to talk about the gas tax with EV mm-hmm They're using our roads, the cars are heavier, and they're not paying any gas tax. Mm -hmm. So I want to know how the states and the federal are going to backfill uh, that gas tax, and I haven't seen anything about it. I just ran some numbers. I I said 20,000 miles and made it easy, I said 20 miles per gallon, which I don't get, which is 1,000 gallons. So in Pennsylvania, that's $800 a year. Mm -hmm. Right. And Um, for us, for us in Georgia, it's closer to 3,000, 300. So how are we gonna get that money?
0: So what a lot of states are doing, and including Georgia now, is they're doing a mileage tax on electric vehicles... Uh, to equate to the gas tax. So uh, for those of you who missed the point, one of the points Nancy is making, uh, we pay, when you fill up your car with gas, you pay a gas tax, and that gas tax goes to maintaining bridges and roads. If you have an electric car, well, your electric car doesn't pay a gas tax, so you're using the roads, and you're not actually assisting in the pay for the upkeep. So what a lot of states are doing now is they're charging a um, mileage Fee based on your odometer readings so that electric car vehicles are paying an equivalent to the gas tax based on how much they drive uh, the problem with that to a degree is is big brothery and that you got to start telling the government how much you're driving uh, at the same time there's really no other way forward for us to be able to uh, compensate now that the the rub comes in with the hybrid vehicles of how do you balance that out and I suspect we're going to get a tiered system based on your level of hybridization. As to what you pay based on mileage uh it, it's got to be coming to that i've just gotta i i'm am we have got to work through those things but uh, the other point as making is, is the weight of these vehicles that you know there are roads in rural america in every state where you see the sign about the weight limits on those roads you start getting some of these big electrified uh suvs and, and you're going to be uh, putting them in dire straits and putting bridges and other infrastructure in dire straits as they as they come into parking decks and across bridges and rural areas and things because of the weight, uh, they are massive, massive vehicles in terms of weight. They may not look giant, but the uh, lithium-ion batteries that they use and the casings that they use uh, drive up the cost tremendously. It's gonna be something that we as a society are going to have to tackle, and we have seen now at least one uh, parking garage in this country have structural failures because, in part, we believe, or the news reports suggest that there were too many electric vehicles in the parking garage uh, weighing down the the garage in excess of what it could handle. Uh, Eric, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hey. Hi there. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, great. I have to turn off speakerphone.
2: Okay, well, I'm here to break your brain. Just trying right. to think like a liberal. Um, hey, Biden's really a genius. He's not going to make, he's not trying to make us dependent on China, but trying to make dependent on us as a consumer society. They need a customer. They're not going to engage in war with a customer. You don't destroy your customer Could you destroy yourself. So, hey, it's really genius work. Actually, I'm just trying to think like a liberal, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, listen,
0: yeah, but- trying to think like a liberal is a, is a dangerous, dangerous thing. I will say, however, uh, th- there's a report out today. Hang on. Let me see if I can find this. And Eric, thanks for the phone call. I, I-, I was reading this this morning. Um, give me one second. Cause it won't take me long to pull it up. Uh, where is this? Um, Yeah, here we go. Here we go. The Chinese are uh, at least have a 70% dependence on the United States and its allies for more than 400 items, ranging from luxury goods to raw materials needed for Chinese industries. A new analysis of trade data has found countries could potentially use those products to counter economic pressure from China, but it would require a collective effort on a scale they haven't previously deployed against the second largest economy, according to an analysis of 2022 global trade data uh, by the Center for Strategic and International Studies. In other words, there are 400 items the Chinese need that they can't get themselves. They need it from the rest of the world, including, by the way, oil reserves. And if the rest of the world ganged up on China, it could have a destabilizing effect on them that would be good for the rest of us. If, however, the Americans decide to lead because it will take the United States to lead on the issue. Jonathan, welcome to The Eric Erickson Show. Jonathan, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing fine, Eric. Oh, it's, uh, it's so good to listen to you coming out of that Greenville station. Fantastic. I traveled Thank to South you. Carolina and, and, have, and would lose you as I cross the border. Now I can pick you up again.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Mark, I hope you hear that. Mark's the program director over there.
1: <laughs> well, he's done a good, great job. Uh, so um, a, a minor correction, if you don't mind, because no, no, please I'm do. a loyal listener. I'm also a loyal EV driver, and I have been for almost six years in the state of Georgia presently. The, the, ta- the tax that you were talking about is a proposed tax and hasn't come online yet. But the present tax system that we have Is every EV driver owner that registers in Georgia with a license tag pays $200, over $200 on top of the the license tag fee. In the state of South Carolina, every EV owner pays $60 per year on top of the regular license tag fee. Now, in Georgia, a recent law came into effect and allowing third-party resellers of electricity to sell by the kilowatt hour, which is the more accurate way of selling electricity. And Mm -hmm. they're adding taxes in on top of that. So in Georgia, us EV drivers are being double-taxed because if we charge it at third-party providers in Georgia, we're paying that tax, and then we're paying tax on our uh, license plate fee. Uh, Now, I'm not quite sure when the – when that tax on the charge because I just changed, so it's coming in. It's being phased in, but I'm not quite sure when. I haven't researched it far enough, but that's that's how it is presently in Georgia. Other states are doing similarly, and some states are a lot higher than Georgia. And some states like South Carolina are a lot less.
0: Interesting. So okay, the so l- let me ask you a question. Are being taken care of, Jonathan. Let me ask you a question here. Um, what what EV do you have?
1: Well, I, personally, I drive a Tesla Model X. And my lady friend in South Carolina drives a Chevy Bolt. So both cars, we love both cars. They're so much fun. And I've got 142,000 miles on my X. Wow. I drive all over the country. I have no range anxiety, and I drive into some very remote places. Well, okay. uh, So, you
0: know, Tesla, and I guess with the conversion of of everyone else now going to Tesla's supercharging system, they do have the best they actually put thought into building a a national supercharger network.
1: Yes, and that's why I bought the Tesla back then because they stepped out in front of everybody early on. In fact, they were almost building more supercharger stations than they were building cars in the early days. They stepped out ahead of it and they the Elon Musk's idea was we're going to make sure this car is not a commuter car like a Nissan Leaf. This car is going to go Cross country and across state lines, and it's going to take you wherever you needed to go. And he just about accomplished it. He, he is—they he, keep adding supercharger stations now. I can't say that I'm very fond of the uh, other automakers coming on and using Tesla superchargers, but if Tesla makes money from it, well, so be it.
0: Yeah, it, that it, is going to going to hinder things. you. Yeah, it would absolutely sim- it might, simplify might, things, it but it you're going to need more chargers. Me,
1: but, uh, uh, and, and I agree that we, you know, you're right. Toyota's got a nice idea with the hybrids. We should not be all battery. We should have a complete mixture of everything out there. We should have gasoline, diesel, hydrogen fuel cell, uh, hybrid, right. uh, full battery electric. If we had everything out there, we would never be held hostage again the way we were in the 70s by OPEC. Because Amen. if one system goes down, the others we can depend on. We should keep our oil industry alive and healthy. We need the petrochemical industry. We need that oil industry. If we if we lose that, we're going to lose our dominance in the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All is right, jo- Jonathan, look, I got to let you go there. I appreciate it uh, a ton, and that's well said. And thanks for listening on WRD out of Greenville. Now, listen, I want to tell you guys, I've got my uh, walking liberty half dollar right here. This is a gorgeous coin. Uh, I got it from Swiss America. You can get them to $13.50 each delivered, uh, 250 250 coins per customer. It's a great deal. Uh, If you're thinking at all about getting into precious metals, here's the thing that I like about Swiss America is literally I've got my coin. You can't see it. We don't have visuals on radio, but I got my coin right here, and it is a silver coin, silver half dollar from the U.S. Mint. And you can get them $13.50 each, up to a $250 per customer while supplies last. It's a great entry into precious metals. Keep in mind there are rules if you want them for your IRA or your 401k, things like that. You're, there are rules to comply with. Swiss American can help you with this. If you want a Walking Liberty half dollar for $13.50, $13.50, call or text 800 800- Two eight five two eight nine twenty six forty six, 289 2646 or visit SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. If you mention Eric, when you call or text 800-289-2646 or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric, you can take advantage of this. Walking Liberty half dollar, an amazing low price, a great entry into using precious metals as part of your portfolio planning to balance out the ebbs and flows of the stock market and everything else out there. Swiss America, the number one more time, 800 800- mention me, or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric today. It's an incredible deal from Swiss America. The coins are absolutely gorgeous and a great entry into precious metals. Yes, you should. Now listen, um, so I have a friend. His name is Hugh, and Hugh is obsessed about his lawn, and I'm jealous. He spends a lot of time getting his grass as perfect as possible. Um, I do not. Although mine looks really good, but not as good as his. Poor Hugh needs to know that they're coming for his lawn. This is the next big thing environmentalists wish to get rid of is your front lawn. They claim it's a terrible, terrible thing, and it's bad for climate change. They even are now pushing a proposal to get rid of the National Mall and turn it into a wildflower meadow. Good gracious.
2: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.